Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Father God, I thank you. And I ask, as Paul said, prayed the apostolic prayer to the Ephesian church, that you would release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our standing understanding would be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling, Jesus, and thereby our calling in you. I ask as we look into your word, as James depicted it, Lord, we are looking into the mirror of your word. May we see ourselves as a natural man would look in the mirror. May we see ourselves rightly and accurately. May we see the great salvation that you purchased for us on the cross. And may we not be like that man in James 1 who walked away and forgot what he saw. But Lord, may we remember, may we move and walk in the reality of who you've made us and the gifts you've given us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to start with a question today. It's okay if you, you can be honest in church. How many of you have, up till this point, when the subject of spiritual gifts has come up, you have thought to yourself, you know, there's one big list of spiritual gifts that the New Testament, really the Bible references, just different hints in the Old Testament and, and describes in the New Testament. There are certain gifts throughout that we basically compile in one list. And then, you know, there are different gifts and different Christians have different gifts. So it's like one big list. Well, you have this gift, you have that gift. How many of you have thought of spiritual gifts that way? That's right, one person. Good. Well, me? All right, good. It's okay if that's what you have thought heretofore because that is what most believers think of when they think of the gifts of the Spirit. But this series that we began last week, Pastor Nate did a great job last week. Amen? Let's, those who are here, thank you. I was at a <clears throat> sister church up in Pflugerville last week, Tree of Life Church. Uh, ministering. So um, so today I'm going back and doing a <clears throat> general overview of the, the gifts of the Spirit. But uh, so y- you, we are looking in this series, it's a new way for many believers, a new way to look at spiritual gifts. It is based on a way of organizing and understanding spiritual gifts according to four different Greek words. Four different Greek words that mean four different things. They have four different, they describe four different functions. And so instead of one big list, I believe there are four distinct lists or categories of gifts. They're found, three of the four are found in the passage we looked at last week. We'll look again today in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. And just kind of picture it this way. There's a Greek word at the top, four different Greek words, so there's four columns of lists of gifts. 
Three of them we're going to look at today and how they flow together. There's a fourth list that's kind of a standalone list. And that is in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. How many of you have heard those verses before? God gave some apostles, prophets. Raise your hand, participation. Good, you're getting the good rotator cuff going. All right. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints. Greek word there is domata, which means equippers or equipping. We're not going to look at that in detail in this series because that is a standalone list. And you know why it's a standalone list? Because the gifts in Ephesians 4 are people. It's an apostle, it's a person, a prophet, an evangelist. And their role is to equip the saints. So we're going to look at something that applies to all believers, and that is these three um, lists and the overarching goal of why God even gave gifts to the church. So that's my goal. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he said, you are to rightly divide the word of truth. So that's what, in a sense, we are doing today. We're dividing the, the spiritual gifts into what I believe are the biblical lists. Now, when I first came into understanding that you could categorize spiritual gifts this way, it was back in 1984. So for 40-some years, 38 years, 22, 1984, for, for 38 years, I can tell you I'm a satisfied customer that this to me makes the most sense of anything about spiritual gifts. It has also been the most helpful in all the years of ministry that I've been in. And I believe, just my opinion, it's the most biblical. You can, do, you can differ with me on that, but as we'll see, we'll see the the different, uh, the different Greek words, and say, yeah, I can see how that lines up that way. So I'm hoping to explain what the seven motivational gifts are. Pastor Nate covered the first two in detail last week, but today we're just going to kind of take a helicopter above and look at all seven motivational gifts, and then how they work together with the other listings of gifts, because they flow together with the other lists. Roman numeral two, I thought it would be good to start out with, why should we even care about this? Why is this important, Pastor Glenn? I mean, you know, what's the reason? Well, I came up with seven reasons. It's important. It's something we should care about. It's something we should dive into and learn. How many of you like learning new things from the Lord, right, Steph? You like new things, but not new to get entertained, but because God's Word is this great goldmine. Goldmine, and I want to I discover. So here are the seven that I came up with. The first one is Paul instructed believers to not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, he says, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. In other words, I don't want you to not know about them. Anybody ever been to the mall 
when there was survey takers in the mall. You know, you come down the escalator and they're down there. I used to go to malls a lot. I don't really go now anymore. I think the trucks bring stuff to the door or whatever. Or, you know, Goodwill is just right there. So, but I remember times when there would be survey. Anybody, you with me? You remember survey takers? Okay, so they go, so the, there'll be a lady down there with a clipboard comes down the escalator at Barton Creek Mall, and the, a man's coming down the escalator, and the lady's like, excuse me, could it, could it, you, just a few minutes for the, of your time. And he's like not fully interested, but she says, we're taking a survey. What are the top reasons why people don't vote in the elections? And the guy's like, he gets down there, he's like, Lady, I don't know, and I don't care. And she couldn't resist. She said, exactly. The top two reasons are ignorance of the issues and apathy. I don't know, and I don't care. And unfortunately, folks, those are the top reasons why the church at large is not investigating and understanding spiritual gifts and discovering their own. Ignorance, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Number two, 1 Timothy 4, 14. He says, neglect not the gift that is in us. That's the apathy. It's saying, the word, Greek word neglect means careless or disinterested. It means to take it lightly or disregard, eh, maybe I got some gifts, but oh well. Ignorance, apathy. First two reasons. I'll say top two reasons. The third reason we should care is so we can be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Back to that Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints. And so what Pastor Nate, Pastor Kyle, and I will be doing is we're going to be kind of like coaches helping equip you in the gifts God's already given you. See, because you got the, you know, God's given you the gift when you said yes to Jesus. Okay, he's given you those gifts. So we, um, it's a part of our role as pastors, is to help equip you. Um, this is uh, my high school football team, and um, back in 1977, 76, and that's me on the back row. I'm the short guy with all the big, the big linemen. I'm kind of hiding back there, but that's me. And uh, you look at that picture of our football team, and there's it's a full array of different giftings. Some are runners, some are fast, some can catch the ball, some can play defense. There are a number of different positions on the team. And when I signed up to play Del Norte High School football, Albuquerque, New Mexico, the, uh, I didn't know what I was gifted at. I knew what I wasn't gifted at. I knew I wasn't fast. I knew I probably couldn't catch a, catch a pass very well. You know, I knew, I knew a lot of things I couldn't do, 
But those coaches identified where I was gifted. I was quick. I wasn't fast in a four, I couldn't run a 4-4-40, but I could get from here to there pretty quickly. And so they said, hey, Hubbard will be a good offensive lineman. They found out I could also move my feet quickly and that you need that as an offensive lineman. Also, I had the temperament to stay calm when there's a crazy linebacker coming going, ah! you know, I could stay calm and stay in my assignment. And you, I could also mentally calculate which defensive player to block. You break, you'd break, just so y'all know, when a lineman gets to the line, they break the huddle, they go to the line, they're doing a math problem real quickly. Who do I block? What's the scheme? What are they lined up as? Do I block inside, across a linebacker, or backside? What do I do? So they saw I was gifted in those, in those things. And they're like, all right, we're going to put you on the offensive line. I was an offensive guard, right guard. So I had those gifts, but I needed the coaches to equip me to pass block right so that when the guy's trying to sack the quarterback, I got in his way right, and I kept my feet moving, and I did the technique right. Well, in a similar way, God has given you gifts, and maybe you're a quarterback, maybe you're a receiver, maybe you're um, equipped to be a safety or a running back, but the coaches, the Holy Spirit's the main coach, the Word of God's our main coach, but then he gives human agents to help. So that's the third reason. So we can be equipped, each of us, to do the work of the ministry. Like Pastor Nate said last week, you know, it's not just for the, it, the pastors and teachers don't just do all the ministry. They equip all of us to do the work of the ministry. So knowing and being equipped, one of the big reasons for this spiritual gift series is to help us to connect together better. Because we are all body parts. But let me ask you, are you part of the body? You're a body part, you're an eye or an ear or a foot or a hand, but how connected are a nose, how connected are you and I to the body? Well, knowing our gifts, our different gifts, helps us to connect better. And, you know, we talk about having fellowship, right? The church, we call it ah, the church fellowship. Knowing your gifting and how it flows with the other gifts around you will take fellowship to a whole nother level. And that's what we're about. In this hour, guys, the enemy is raging God's church needs to connect more. We need to connect more. Amen. And the more we know our giftings, the more we can connect, the better we can connect. That's the third one. Fourth is so you can understand yourself and understand others better. So you can understand what makes you tick and what makes the people around you tick. And that, you know, I've, <clears throat> I was at a church in, in Waco there in 1984 where basically the entire church, it was Highland Baptist Church in Waco, large church, 
uh, Spirit-filled Baptist church, believed in the gifts of the Spirit, the entire church basically got brought through this understanding of the four lists of gifts and each person's motivational gift. And so they were able to see that, and what, what they, many people started to see, I was single, I was a youth, the youth pastor, but what they started to see was that married couples oftentimes were different motivational gifts, that someone would be a, uh, be a mercy motivation gift, married to someone who was, who was prophecy, and they would balance each other out. Those with the prophecy gift are, are bent towards seeing the 2% that's wrong about something. Those with the mercy gift rejoice in the 98% that's right. So whereas, I'm not saying it's the husband or the wife, as the one out of the gifting of prophecy goes, that 2%'s wrong. Whereas the, the mercy says, that 98% is right. And they're both true. But the, the, the one with prophecy doesn't, doesn't stay frustrated because they're married to a mercy. And the mercy is helping them get, not get so frustrated. <clears throat> and then the mercy needs... The, am, I, are y'all, am I losing everybody? Are you with me? Then the mercy says, you know, that 2% is wrong. So the mercy doesn't stay in the clouds. There's kind of a happy middle, all right? You need the prophecy to take the mercy to go, yeah, let's work on that, okay? So um, another example was teaching, one with a teaching motivational gift married to a serving gift. And I'm just going to use my wife's parents as an example. I believe, so I've been walking in this for decades now, I believe Suzanne's mother, who's still alive, Sarah Lane, has the motivational gift of serving. You know how I know, or at least what clued me in right away, is we were dating. I would go to Temple, Texas, to be with the family. And her mother would go into the closet where I put my clothes for the weekend, and she would check the buttons on my shirt to see if there was a loose button. I know. And she would get out her sewing thread and her needles, and I'd say, Miss um, Lane, what are you doing? She said, oh, well, I'm just making sure your buttons don't come loose. Who does that? What planet is that? Is she from? And then, then I mentioned one time, how I, I mentioned one time just, just talking, I said how much I love strawberry pie. Well, the next time I show up, guess what's on the dining room table? Strawberry pie, fresh whipped cream on top. And yes, that is a hint for anyone listening. We have thankful family meal coming up. It's an unashamed plug. But um, it's called the bully pulpit right there. So, So there was... She's a serving, and my father-in-law, I believe, was had the gift of teacher. He was a Sunday school teacher. He discipled people all the time, but he has shelves and shelves of commentaries and Greek and Hebrew and 
Arthur Pink, all these deep theological things. And so the teacher needs someone to help serve him or her because they're so busy studying all the time, they forget to get, you know, their dinner or they forget to get coffee. Or I know this sounds chauvinistic, it, but anyway, go with me. A teacher and a server would fit together. Okay, so that's the fourth. I won't take too much more time on a lot of these, but that just helps us. It helps you understand you better and the other, other person better. The fifth one, the fifth reason, and this is actually my base motive, my favorite reason to, love, to understand uh, spiritual gifts is who doesn't like gifts? I mean, seriously. Who doesn't like gifts? I mean, when I was eight years old, and there was the Christmas tree, and I had five presents, there were five presents under the tree with my name on them, I didn't sit there on Christmas morning and go, nah, I don't need any presents. Just being with you, family, that's all I need. I'm just happy being with, can you imagine an eight-year-old going, nah, I'm good. You'd, you'd, you'd check my forehead for a fever. No, when, those, when it came time, the signal was given, man, I tore into those presents because I couldn't wait to see what I got. I wanted to know what my gifts were. So the first one, eight years old, the first one I opened up, I loved it. This is what I got when I was a high karate aftershave. <laughs> High karate, more. I looked that up this week. It's like $95 on eBay or something because they're like hard to get. I mean, you wouldn't want to put it on after all these years. But that was my first gift was high karate. I was like, oh, it even had instructions for how to fight off the women when you put it on. It did, seriously. I thought. Second gift was G.I. Joe, all right? Can you still, he has a gun, is that still okay to, okay, good, all right. I'm in Texas. I got Hot Wheels. I got electric football where the guys vibrate and they just go off to the corner and you think, anybody remember any of that that's below, uh, okay. So who doesn't like gifts? Number six, so the body of Christ can be victorious. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, God leads this. He calls his church to lead, be led in triumph in Christ, to, lead, to be in a, a victory parade. And when we know our gifts and we know how we flow together with other gifts, we win. Again, this is old home, night, old home day for me. This is... This is our high school football team. That's me, number 70, doing my job, blocking that defensive tackle. The quarterback's doing his job, handing the ball off. There's the football. I'm hoping he scores or gets away from that. It doesn't look really good, but anyway, the point is when everybody knows their role and does their role, you score touchdowns. Lost people get saved. 
Sick people get healed. Demonized and addicted people get delivered. The church is called to be victorious. So I'm just declaring by faith, River in the Hills, we're going to be a victorious church in the days ahead, moving and scoring lots of touchdowns for God's glory. Amen. Number seven, it'll help us be good stewards of our time and our energy. And basically, when you know what you're good at, what you're gifted at, and you know what someone else is gifted at, you don't waste a lot of time banging your head against the wall. You delegate effectively. I was a youth pastor, as I said, in, in Waco there in 1984, 85, 86, and, and we were taking a mission trip to the inner city of Houston to Mildred McWhorter's missions down there in the, in the fifth ward of Houston, very dangerous part of town, and uh, we, were, we were, had five or six vans that we'd rented to take on a mission trip. And we're getting there the, day, the morning to leave. And a lot of the parents were nervous because this was, this was Cupcake's first time away from home. And first time to go in the lion's den of some sort of mission trip. And so, truth be known, over the years, I... I believe my motivational gift is mercy. And so we're trying to pack the vans. By the way, is everyone, is, is it too cold in here right now? That's mercy that talks like that. I'm like, is it? Seriously, I'm like, I, honestly, I meant to say it earlier, but I mean that because that's like, that's where I'm thinking. Thank you, Ashton. Ashton, make the sanctuary hot again. <laughs> All right. So, I'm there trying to pack the vans with all the luggage. But I'm seeing Cupcake over here going, yay, and mom and dad are like, no, and they're really nervous. So, I'm going over trying to comfort mom and dad saying it's going to be good, it's a safe, these missions are safe, and we've got it all worked out, and so I'm trying to comfort the parents while loading luggage into the back of these vans, and I'm a horrible packer, so I'm trying to go, it's going to be okay, it really is, it, it really, and so there were more luggage than there was room in the vans, and the church librarian named Jean, she comes up to me because, as I said, that church in Waco, most everyone in the church understood their gifts. She was a librarian, so guess what her motivational gift was? Organizer. Like, she enjoyed organizing. So she taps me on the shoulder and says, Glenn, what are you doing? <laughs> you go comfort those families. Let me pack the vans. And within five minutes... Because we were going to, we were running late. Within five minutes, there was every every piece of luggage was perfectly put in with room to spare. Well, that's understanding. She understood, and she literally said to me, "Glenn, you're a mercy. What are you doing over here trying to do this?" And so, I'll I'll touch on this later. But you don't use your mercy as an excuse to get out of packing vans. Okay, 
It's a good word. You don't use it as an excuse. I want to get better at that, but... A word of warning, paragraph H, as I just said, don't use your understanding of your gift as an excuse to not be Christ-like. Jesus had all seven of these gifts, but you don't say to yourself like this, well, I don't have the gift of giving, so it's okay if I'm a stinky giver. It's all right. I don't have the gift of giving. No, I'll, I'll let you in on a, on a life goal of mine. I want to become more and more conformed to the image of Christ. I want to be so conformed to the image of Christ that on the outside you can't tell what my motivational gift is. I'm not there, but that's what I want, to be more conformed. Paragraph 3 Way of review, I'm not going to go on too long. We looked at this, you looked at this last week, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. Here we see three Greek words that are the top of three lists, and then we'll go over to what those lists are, and then we'll talk about how they flow. Verse 4 says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, now there are diversities or differences of administrations or ministries, but the same Lord. Verse 6, there are diversities of operations or effects, but it is the same God who worketh all in all. Now I want to stop right there and say, what do you notice? Verse 5 has the, verse 4 has the Spirit, verse 5 has the Lord, and verse 6 has God. There's your Trinity. Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Lord, and then God the Father. That's interesting to me. Then you go to verse 7. So this is four verses, right? Four, five, six, seven. Verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit thereby. So there are three categories right there. There's three categories, and that fourth Greek word is the result, which I said earlier is faith, hope, and love. Three categories. First, verse four, is the charismaton gifts, or the motivational gifts. There are those. Each one of you, I'll, I'll t the notes tell you, I believe, because we see the singular denotation in the Greek, I believe every believer has been given one motivational gift, one gift from which it motivates everything you do as a Christian. So you have a motivational gift, a charismaton, their prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, organizing, and mercy. From that, verse 5 says there are differences of administrations or ministries. What that's saying is, you've got this motivational gift, how do you express it? Well, you're going to express it through various ministries. Through your, you know, you're going to express it through apostle or prophet or teacher or miracles or healings, helps, governments, tongues. 
I don't believe this is an exhaustive list. I believe many of you are in certain ministries right now that it's not listed there in 1 Corinthians 12. But it's, there's that list of ministries that we express our motivational gift. How many of you are still with me? All right. So you've got this motivation. You express it through a ministry, through ADRN or feeding the poor or through teaching through other things. So you, but you can have any of the seven motivational gifts and be a teacher. You see, we're going to look a little more detail at that in a minute. But then the result, as I said, is faith, hope, and love. God's got a point to all of this. It's not just so we wave around our gift and go, yay, I'm gifted. It's so that people grow in their faith. They grow in hope. They grow in love. And then while you are in your ministry, as you're expressing your motivational gift in a ministry at any time, phanerosis or manifestation gifts can come and help you in that moment to help accomplish that ministry with success. A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, tongues, interpretations of tongues, gifts of faith, and so on. That's found in 1 Corinthians 12 as well. So let's move on. I think I'll kind of repeat a little bit of this, but list one has the top of the, that word there, charismaton. List two at the top of the list is diakoneon. Fancy Greek word, it just means ministries. List three is phanerosis. Think of phanerosis like a fan into flame. like Phanerosis, it's a manifestation gift. That's the third list. And all three flow together that way. You're motivated. List number one, you go in a ministry, you do the ministry. List number two, you express it through that. And then while you're in that ministry, the third list kicks in at any time to help you. Did, how many of you are with me? Okay, good. All right. Paragraph A under Roman numeral 3, each of you should use whatever gift, singular, you have received to serve others as faithful stewards. So it's singular, whatever gift you have received, that's the charismaton. Paragraph B, we each have one main motivational gift. I've already shared, shared all this. And let's skip now down to Roman numeral four. And I feel like I just want to read the entire passage. <clears throat> you have start with verse six, but I want to back up to verse three. And then we'll do a brief, a brief explanation of each of the seven gifts. For by grace, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather, this isn't in your notes, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, 
form one body, and each member belongs to the others. Verse 6, this is the part of your notes. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. It's a grace gift we're talking about. If your gift, what is that, singular or plural? If your gift is prophecy. Now, this version says prophesying, but the original, you know, I went back to the original part of it. It's, it's, it's legit. It's a noun, but it's a noun in Greek. So if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it, that's exhortation. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paragraph C. Your motivational gift does not determine which... This is real important, guys. I'm wrapping up with this. This and the other. Worship team, you can come up if you can. Worship team. Your motivational gift does not determine which ministry or ministries you have. It is God who determines your ministries. If the prophet motivation only had the prophetic ministry and the mercy motivation only had the healing ministry, that would be an imbalance. Each motivational gift is one aspect of the love of Jesus being expressed to people. If we have a community in which all seven are being expressed, then that community enjoys, I love this, the full expression of the life of Jesus. I want to show this little thing from uh, the notes I had back in 1984. So... Let's say your gift is mercy. You, ex- you can express that gift of mercy through the teaching ministry. While you are teaching, in the middle of your teaching, you get a word of knowledge. Somebody here has a pain in their right knee. After you've been, let's say you've been, whatever you've been teaching on, you stop and it validates, it helps you, okay? As I said, forget that list right now, that's the people. Okay, so let's. So you got mercy, you express as a teacher, and then one of these gifts can show up at any time while you're teaching. Let's say you are the gift of exhortation or encouragement. You express that as an apostle. You saw last week a missionary that we support. Those who are here, there was a video of a missionary in a Middle Eastern country. She is an apostle. She's setting up a work there. I believe she has a gift of exhortation. You think? (laughs) Gift of exhortation uh, in the ministry of apostle. And boy, does she give testimonies of gifts of the Spirit gifts of healings, working some miracles, all to help her get the job done, you see. And then 
organizing. Let's say you're an organizer. And so you go then and you start helping with the Capillaria Food Bank or our food bank or the Lake Travis Crisis Ministry. You're organizing while you're putting groceries on the shelf. Someone comes in. You're, you're organizer motivation. You're in a ministry of helps. And someone comes in and you get a word of knowledge for them about how someone abused them and they break down and give their hearts to Jesus right there. Do you see that? That's how it all flows. They all, they all flow together that way. All right. Prophecy. I'm going to real briefly give the, they're going to be on your notes there, the, the, the definition of each to reveal prophecy, to reveal the motives of man's heart and see God's standards conform to. Jesus rebuked the money changers and drove them out of the house of God. Serving, you discern the need, you discern and meet needs of a more practical nature. Jesus washed his disciples' feet, illustrating a servant's heart. Teaching, you're motivated to clarify the truths of Scripture through research and instruction. Jesus rejected men's traditions as commandments of God and taught the true principles of Scripture, Matthew 15, 1-19. Exhortation to admonish and encourage individuals to pursue a course of conduct by helping them visualize God's best. Jesus dealt with the rich young ruler by discerning his deepest needs and encouraging him to step steps of action which could have resulted in eternal treasures. Giving, sharing oneself or material resources to meet specific needs. Jesus fed the 5,000 and laid down his life freely for his disciples. Organizing to provide in helping and inspiring others to fulfill delegated responsibilities. Jesus called his disciples to follow him in order that they might become fishers of men. And then mercy, to empathize with the weaknesses of others and help them experience God's grace in time of need. Jesus showed mercy for the woman caught in adultery by demonstrating God's love and compassion without an attitude of condemnation. Would you stand up if you would? The question I want to leave you with or help you answer is how can I discover my motivational gift? How do I do that? Well, that a lot of this answer lies in the Greek word charismaton. The Greek word for gift is charisma. If you break it back to the root of the word charisma, is the Greek word charis, which means grace. It is a grace gift. If you break back from the, from the root to the stem of charisma, it's C-H-A-R. Guess what that word means in Greek? Joy. Joy. I had joy on Christmas morning opening my presents. It wasn't like, oh, I got to open. God gave you a motivational gift, and you start to discover what your gift is when you tend to gravitate toward that in your thinking and you tend to then have joy 
approaching ministry from that perspective. So there was a church banquet. I give this illustration. I thought about it. Came more clear in the middle of the night last night. There's a church banquet, big banquet hall, big church. The youth were helping get the food out to the tables. A teenage young man has got a big tray full of salads on it. He's taking it down a ramp from the kitchen to the tables, and there's a wet place on the ramp. There's water. He goes, the tray goes flying, the salads go flying, the dishes go crashing, and he smacks his head on that that ramp. That's okay, it gets better, all right. So this is what happens. The organizer goes, somebody call 911. Organizer goes, the people start gathering around him because it's a church, they gather around him to pray for him. They start gathering, but the organizer says, y'all give him room, y'all let him breathe. The, The mercy, he or she just can't stand it. They break through the chain, they get down, and they kneel down and say, are you okay? Their focus is, how are you doing? Where does it hurt? And he tells them, he's got a horror, his head really hurts. He can't really move his back. It's in such pain. The church is around praying. The mercy says, can somebody go get him a pillow for his head? Who goes and gets the pillow? Serving. The server runs against the pillow. The server knows what anticipates things. So on their way back with the pillow, they bring a blanket because he might be cold. They bring the medical kit. No, 911 has been called. They bring the medical kit. Sorry I have you guys up for so long. Brings the medical kit. Then bring some Kleenex too because notices that the parents are sniffling. They're, they're really scared about their teenage young man. So, so the server's bringing all that in, taking care of things. Then, I forgot the next one. I got all carried away. Oh yeah, the, the organizer then starts, after 911, starts delegating, clear the chairs out so the EMS can have a clear path. Get them brooms and mops and towels to clean up this mess so no one else slips. Okay, that's the organizer. As the rest of the people are praying, hear this now, someone in the group praying gets a manifestation gift of faith and a gift of healing. They come in, lay hands on him, and the pain goes from a 10 to a 5 of level pain. They all start going, yay. And, and, and so the pain level goes down. They start praying. It goes down. And then they keep praying because you want the pain level to go from a five to a zero. So they keep praying. Since the young man says he's feeling better, everyone breathes a sigh of relief. The mercy says, stay lying down. Just stay there. They're going to come help you. Number four, the prophet, he or she just can't hold it in any longer. They're seeing all this. It's kind of, he's doing a little better. The prophet says, I told the facility committee 
just weeks ago, we should have put rubber grips on that ramp because I knew someone was going to slip. And we should put railings up. And so the giver standing there goes, I'll pay for those grips. I'll pay for those rails. And you know what? The next banquet we have, I'm going to pay for the catering company. I have people who are experienced in doing trays like this. Do you all see how it's fitting together? So he does that. The giver does that. The young man feels no more pain and is able to stand up with no back pain. So the pain goes from a five to a zero. Isn't that good? Let's clap for that. Yeah. All right. Goes up. So the, uh, the teacher, now that we're clapping, the teacher goes, you know, I think I'm going to do some research and do a study on how we can remodel this banquet hall to make things more efficient and get the closets closer to have the cleanup. And then the ex- exhortation gift gets up at the last, the seventh one, the exhortation gift goes, you know, this has been really bad, but think of all the good things that happened tonight. You all prayed the prayer of faith and he got healed. We came together. We have have a great guest speaker tonight. So let's just go back and enjoy the, the meal. Got a great meal prepared. Who needs salad? We don't have to have the salad. We'll just, we'll just enjoy and let's worship our God and let's let that guest speaker just bless us tonight. Amen? That's how it works. Father God, I thank you for the way you gift your body. So Lord, would you help us to not just be a body part to connect more and be part of the body. If that's your prayer right now, if your head's bowed, would you just lift your hand right now and say, I want to connect more to the body of Christ. I, and just raise your hand too. If you, I want to understand more my gift, my ministries. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you, Lord, to be released. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.